Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Love, love, love this game and love watching all the goals from match day two. What a day it has been. Thanks for joining us here on Optus Sport, your home of the Women's World Cup for 2023. Three huge matches today, three huge results as far as the tournament goes. And if you're just joining us online, you are listening to the Optus Sport football podcast as well. And you have missed some cracking action today, but don't worry. I'm here with former Matilda Cathcanuli, Juventus coach, championship winner Joe Montemuro, and current Matilda Chloe Legazzo to run you through everything that has happened today. Of course, we have just wrapped up our Group C match between Spain and Costa Rica. Spain putting in the most remarkable 30 minutes of the game to absolutely smash the Costa Rican goal and goalkeeper and take away a 3-0 win. No goals in the second half, but we will talk about that in just a moment. Here are the zero match highlights, guys. What do you make of these goals? Because it took 20 minutes to crack them, but it was an own goal. They were nice and patient, you know, and we talk about, um, you know, the way you're putting cross in, in what numbers in the box. They're very patient with that. Their numbers are always there. They, they, they have that eye for goal and you can just see, you know, once the, the floodgates opened, then they'll just um, pepper in them and that poor goalkeeper today. Spain uh, not outnumbering the Costa Ricans in the box, Joe, but somehow finding a way through. Quality, uh, technical quality, technical ability. The ability to also make the right decisions at the right time and uh, look, as I said, you can put as many numbers as you want, but uh, at, at one point when you're, when you're patient, when you've got the, the ability to, 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 to face goal and go, go towards goal, you're going to score. Yeah, look, it, it comes down to your ability to be calm in the box and take your composure to the next level, just like Esther does there. And an amazing thing from her is actually I had to write it down because I think it's unbelievable. Um, she's only played 38 games, but she's got 27 goals, so her composure is phenomenal in front of goal. That is some conversion rate, Chloe. You're right, picking that one up. It could have been more than three goals in the 21st, 23rd and 27th minute we saw there. But then there was also this penalty given. Now there's some fighting on our panel here about whether this was a penalty or not. So I'll let you guys take me through it. I thought it was a penalty. She's done well to beat her defender 1v1 and she stuck a leg out. I purely think it's a penalty. Look, this is why VAR is a part of women's football. And I just think it should have just been reviewed maybe once or twice. Well, it didn't before. go to VAR. It didn't Chloe. at all, no. Which was quite interesting. Joe, you're on the penalty bus. Of course it was. The problem with this you're, was you're how Hamosa took it. You're asking someone of Italian descent. Any, any, <laughs> oh, yeah, we remember any, that moment any, fondly. Any let opportunity. Me tell you. Now, I don't want to you know, you know, touch any chords or anything. But, you know, any opportunity that you, in, in those situations there and defenders lunging like that, you know, you're, you're, you're opening yourself up to, to all sorts of interpretation, which could be a problem. Joe, you would tell your strikers from your team to once you are in the box, you've got to run at defenders 1v1 because anything can happen in that moment, right? 
Well, the more proactive you are, the more you, you, you're drawing defenders to you um, and the more they're going to they're gonna do something a little bit reckless or, or, or open up a space behind by someone coming to you. So, I mean, as I said, you, you lunge like that in the box, you're, open, you, you're opening yourself up to interpretation. You know? Well, Hermosa won't be happy with the fact that her name is not on the score sheet because she missed that penalty. But uh, hats off to Daniela Solero tonight on her 26th birthday because 40 shots or more than 40 shots to one uh, for those two sides. That's almost a save every two minutes, which is crazy statistics when you think about it. It is time now for us to head to the sideline in Wellington because Narelle Sindos and Paul Eiffel are pitch side. Tell us what your eyes saw that ours didn't. Well, ours and along with 23, just about 1,000 fans here. It was a goal fest. We did see it was clear. Spain are world class. They are a step above the rest. And for Costa Rica, they just couldn't handle it. And saying that, though, Paul, that second half, Spain must be frustrated. Yeah, I think so. Um, Solera on her birthday. Um, I thought it was going to be a really long night for her. And she's better back, saved the penalty. And like you said, 40-odd shots and a, and a clean sheet in that second half. They're, they can be proud of how they bounce back. Because I think, you know, looking at 3-0, you're looking at, could it be 4, 5, 6, 7? And all of a sudden, they turned it around the second half. And they, and they battled away. So I think they'll go into the next game with a, with a bit of pride and a little bit more confidence in themselves. And we saw Costa Rica there. They threw on a couple of youngsters. What sort of experience will that give them? Just 20 minutes or so of a World Cup match against the likes of a team in Spain. Yeah, look, 16 years old, coming on in a, in a game of this magnitude, but it's 20 minutes where you can't really do anything wrong. Um, you know, get a feel for it. But now, looking at the next game, you've got somebody who's got World Cup minutes under their belt, so you can actually hopefully rely on them moving forward. Spain, they look great going forward, no doubt about that. But, Paul... When they were in trouble, the very few times that happened, they did look a little bit frazzled. Is that concerning? Yeah, maybe, but it could be complacency. They knew they had the game in the bag from pretty early on. It'll be interesting to see when they go in against uh, Japan and teams like Zambia. With, they've got a little bit more in the counter. I think somebody like a Barbara Banda would fancy them herself against the Spain backline, but it's hard to tell in a game like this. Costa Rica, will they be feeling a bit low after that? If, you know, put the coach's hat on, what will they be saying in the sheds? No, I'd be, I'd be uh, as a coach, aiming at the positives and saying, look at the second half. If we'd have started like that, it might have been a different score. Again, you can look to complacency from Spain, but I think it was a definite turnaround from half-time, and they looked a lot more solid and really repelled um, a really um, interesting Spanish attack. From what you saw from Spain, do you think they have what it takes to go all the way, like some experts are predicting? I think they've got to get Pateas back in the back in the, back in the starting lineup. I thought Mamati, um, in her absence, was unbelievable. Really, really good player. If you've got those two in the midfield, getting the fullbacks involved, I thought Carmona and Bache today were brilliant, getting them sides and pulling the ball back for plenty, plenty of chances, but couldn't quite get the finishing touch. So if, if that can turn around they've got a chance yeah well we were treated to quite a few goals here today so all round a good night at the office of spain and the spectators out here tonight can't wait to see how they go in the rest of the tournament oh neither can we narelle and paul thanks so much for your insight i think you two need to go and find some warm woolly socks a warm fire and some hot cocoa after your freezing wet and windy night in wellington thank you so much guys there are the stats on the screen my panel of experts Obviously, we knew where possession was going to sit, passes sit, all of those things. But there was 177 touches in the box for Spain and only three goals. And I do have to question, was it Costa Rica's defence that improved in the second half or was it Spain becoming a little less ruthless? Look, I think it might be Spain's um, complacency, right? So you get to three goals, you come into the second half, players start to get 
players start to begin to become a little bit more selfish. They want to turn, they want to shoot, they want to get some goals because obviously in the first half it was free-flowing, it was coming easily, but when you kind of veer down that line, you can go into people becoming selfish and it ended up not having any goals in the second half. You're calling the Spanish selfish, Chloe. Be careful. Mm. We're on live TV. Just <laughs> they had so many great players out there today. But let's have a look at what it means for the standings because Japan and Zambia are yet to play. They will face off tomorrow here on Optusport. You can catch that game. Spain sitting on top and Costa Rica with some work to do and a goal difference that, well, it could have been so much worse, couldn't it? It sure could have, you know, and I think again, like Chloe was saying, I think um, in the second half when they came out, they just weren't as patient, they were forcing things and they just really weren't being clinical in front of goal. And I think for the Spanish coach, I think it, I would be disappointed going in at the end of the game and only sticking with a 3-0 scoreline. Agree, Joe? It's in their DNA. It's in their DNA. They want to they go and, uh, and, and continue to go and continue to play and continue to create chances and... You know, uh, they did that today, I, I, but didn't convert you know, in the I'm, second half. I'm not totally, you know, against sort of wanting to go for the for the kill and, and keep keep playing your way. Being ruthless. Keep playing your way. You know, sometimes you manage it and it doesn't go the way you want to manage it. I, I you know, I think they want to get out there and play and uh, let them go. Well, the Euro champs look already for this one. Haiti, it's their first World Cup. What a team to draw straight up. Let's head to Brisbane now because our reporter Katie Shanahan is up there and she has been in English camp. Hey, Katie, what is the latest? Yeah, good evening, Amy. Well, England camp, there was a fantastic mood at training and also the press conference today. And it's good news for England fans because Millie Bright and Serena both confirmed that she's fit and she's ready to start. Now, this is significant because Millie Bright has, hasn't played any football since March when she ruptured a knee injury back in the Champions League for Chelsea. Millie Bright, though, says she's 100% ready to go and she's raring to just get this World Cup campaign underway. Obviously, she will be wearing the captain's armband in the absence of Leah Williamson, who's uh, ruptured her ACL. But uh, there's a real feel-good factor around the group. The girls are happy and they're just itching to get going. I've been speaking to them throughout the week and they're like, look, we just want to get this World Cup campaign underway. And yeah, the European champions are in town, so let's see what they can do tomorrow. Katie, the English squad has had many uh, players that have been left out of this squad due to significant injuries. Do you think they've still got enough in the tank to go all the way and win this World Cup? I think it's a really good question because they're missing the likes of Captain Leah Williamson, obviously Golden Boot winner at the Euros and player of the tournament, Beth Mead as well. And also Frank Kirby, who's also out with an injury. But I think th there's massive news today coming out of the English camp um, with Millie Bright returning. She's such a presence in that defence. And also other leaders around the group. Lucy Bronze obviously had knee surgery as well. So lots of players have come back into the English fold. But it's an exciting time for the younger players, for the Lionesses, the likes of Lauren James. You've also got Chloe Kelly that, uh, you know with that celebration went into English folklore. So I think for a lot of the players, you've got Ella Toon and Alessia Russo, who are famous from coming off the bench for the Lionesses at the Euros. So I think it's a chance for them to step up and say, look, this is what we can do. And we're going to do it on the world stage. And yeah, I can't wait to see what, what they've got in the tank. Brilliant. Katie, just a, just a quick one from me. Uh, what's it looking like uh, uh, in terms of the central striking role? I know Serena always plays with three up top. Who, who's, who does it look like that's going to be uh, sort of starting as a central striker? 
So Serena Vigman's told me that Rachel Daly will be a regular starter at this World Cup. Obviously, we know the impact that Alessia Russo can have off the bench. Rachel Daly is also wearing the number nine, and uh, she's the Golden Boot winner in the WSL with 22 goals, which is staggering. Bearing in mind, we've seen her play in the left-back position at the Euros, and she's just now absolutely flying as a central striker. So I think she'll start in that number nine role, and then Serena's got you know the reinforcements to bring on Alessia Russo. What, what a treat to have. It would be really good to see Lauren James start on that right-hand side. She's such an exciting talent. She's really England's X-factor. And if she's got the confidence to bring that to the world stage, I think she's definitely one to watch. And then I think she'll start either Lauren Hemp or Chloe Kelly out on the left-hand side. But Serena's sport for choice. And uh, this England team are looking really strong heading into the World Cup. They certainly are, Katie. Thanks so much for your insight from camp up there. Super looking forward to England kicking off their World Cup campaign and seeing how far they can go, although not looking forward if they meet Australia uh, down the track. But we'll talk about that when we get there, shall we? Because Game 1 gets underway, of course, against Haiti tomorrow. It's a huge match for England because they need to, you know, they need to move forward and pick up their winning rate again, put lots of goals away. It's it's. It's great for their goal difference as they move forward. But for Haiti, first-timers out on the pitch, pretty tough task first up. Interesting task. We don't know what to expect, those, uh, those unexpected teams. And that's, and that's what a World Cup's all about. You don't know what you're going to expect. And look, England obviously will be favourites. And now that they've got that big tournament sort of uh, experience as a group and, and the group that they have, I think they'll, uh, they'll be good. Nils, do you think that uh, Serena will start her strongest 11? She said Rachel Daly will be a regular starter. We know that she genuinely likes to start with the same 11. We saw that in the Euros. Do you think she's going to go for her best 11 out there and put a few away before we see some of those bright young sparks come on? I think she will. I think she'll start with her strongest 11. I think, you know, you could see in the Euros that she didn't change much. I know it's a little bit of a different, um, you know, team coming into this World Cup, but I think she's got her way in the way she wants to do things. And I think she'll stick with that strongest 11 and, and push forward with that. All right. Well, Serena Vagman joined us earlier today at a press conference, and here's what she had to say. Yeah, we have, uh, of course, we have a whole team behind us to, to analyse the opponents, so we know... I think we know everything what we need to know about Haiti. Um, yes, what you say, we have never played them, so we have to experience that. But we are very well prepared. And, um, yeah, I don't think there's any stone unturned uh, in preparation for this game. We've, we've highlighted every player from Haiti. Uh, they have a strong spot. Of course, the first time they qualified for the World Cup. So, yeah, we've pointed out some, some key players. Of course, we know Dumernay has now made a transfer to Lyon, but they have some more players that are, have qualities. Yes, we have a lot of respect for them, and they've done really well. Um, and that made them qualify for the World Cup, so um, that's, um, that's very well done. But, of course, we prepare very well, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll be ready tomorrow. Ready for their Group D clash against Haiti, one I am looking forward to. Also, Denmark and China hitting the pitch tomorrow. Two very different styles going head-to-head -head in this group, Chloe. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great game. I think when Australia left off against Denmark, um, I was sitting on the bench and I was thinking to myself, this team has so much to give. So I'm really looking forward to how that's going to match up What do you China. like about them? Look, I think they compose. I think in the play well. Um, and their attack is phenomenal down the left-hand side. We're having a look at them going through their paces here. And, of course, they've got one name I can't wait to see out on the pitch at a World Cup. And I, and I struggle to even say that this is her first World Cup. Penilla Harder. It's what? Um, 
unbelievable <laughs> to, to see that a quality player like Peniel is this is her first World Cup. We've seen what she could do at Chelsea. She was phenomenal for them in the midfield. She was such a key player for them. And, you know, just recently she's now signed at Bayern Munich as well, which is, is unbelievable as well. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, Peniel's had a, an indifferent year this year at uh, Chelsea, sort of been in and out. But, uh, you know, it might be, the timing might be right to see the real Peniel harder. I'm shook. This is her first World Cup. Yep. I'm shook. I'm shook. <laughs> it was a surprise to me too, Chloe. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, I think it'll be wonderful to see it out there on the world stage. So many games to look at across the Women's World Cup. Of course, you can catch all 64 of them here on Optusport. Five down, a whole lot more. What is that? 59 to go. But tomorrow we have a huge Super Saturday. Tomorrow on Optus Sport, 10 a.m. Eastern, the defending world champions USA take on Vietnam. 4 p.m. Zambia play Asian powerhouse Japan. At 7, it's the European champions England taking the field against Haiti. And the late game live from Perth is a cracker. Denmark take on China. And remember, tomorrow, 8 a.m., daily kickoff for your World Cup roundup. That's all live on Optus Sport. Well, the Matildas, of course, are in recovery mode after their big win. Still can't believe it was only last night, Chloe. I know, it felt like a lifetime ago. But, um, yeah, recovery. I think for the girls, um, it's all about getting a massage, having a good breakfast, sleeping enough, which I don't think we got a lot last night. Um, but, yeah, I had coffee with uh, some of the girls, Ellie and, and Tegan, this morning. Um, it's quite relaxed in camp and... It's just about getting your mind in the right place and they've got a four-day lead-in, so it's... And their body's into an ice bath first Their body's into night. an ice bath, yes. That's unfortunate. That's <laughs> unfortunate. All right, rest in recovery mode ahead of their big match against Nigeria. We're looking forward to that in a few days' time. But Nigeria, of course, hit the paddock in the other Group B match today up against Canada. Now, when asked Heather Garriock this morning on the show what the ideal result will be, she said nil-nil and prophecy came true. The best result we could have asked for in Group B for Australia. But there were a couple of big moments. Christine Sinclair obviously playing in uh, a record number of World Cups but did have this moment to make history and it didn't happen. It didn't happen, you know. You can see there the way she stepped up to take that penalty. She was just in a awkward position when she actually stepped up. She needed to put a bit more power behind it and you know, it was unfortunate for her because it could have been an amazing moment for her and Canada at this point. You would normally back her to take these penalties in these moments. She's a big player um, and this would have been unbelievable but as, as an Aussie I'm, I'm so happy that she missed. And the vision uh, you can see or if you're listening to us, Christine Sinclair sitting on the floor clearly devastated by missing that penalty because she knows how important those points are in this group. But what it does do is leave Australia on top for now, which is great news for our Aussie fans. There was a little bit of controversy in this game as well. And we're going to bring you our Rexona not done yet moment because... Uh, or Ashley Lawrence, well, she jumped straight back up. She wasn't done yet after this tackle by Deborah Abby Oden, but it cost Abby Oden dearly. Yeah, look, that is brutal. And I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. She just popped up like nothing ever happened, walked it off. Um, but yeah, red card definitely needed to be shown there because it was quite high. One tough cookie, Ashley Lawrence, our Rexo not done yet moment winner for today. There is the Group B standings, putting a big smile on my face. Uh, I'm nearly matching the Aussie flag tonight. I'm feeling pretty good about that. 
three points and the goal difference. Uh, one goal, Steph Catley, but super, super important points for Australia. And of course, as I said, we play Nigeria next. That's going to be a tough game for us, you know. You can see how they come out today against Canada and, you know, how physical they were and how they were winning those 50-50s. And, you know, they were putting their bodies on the line. And I thought for them, you know, keeping uh, Canada to a scoreless, like, nil or draw, I think was fantastic for them. But, you know, for us Aussies now, we've got to really prepare for this next game. Well, Andriana was at that Nigeria-Canada game, so let's get his thoughts now. Thank you, Amy. Well, a goal straw here in Melbourne, Thomas, but it was entertaining, it was dramatic, we were on the edges of our seats, and the crowd, amazing, it was a great start to the tournament here in Melbourne. Superb, crowd was amazing, as you said, atmosphere, and I thought it built during the game, we, we obviously had some, some great moments, some great players, individual performances, and I think it just added up to what the World Cup is all about, and what we expected as well. Absolutely, it was super tense, and there was one of the most tense moments in the tournament we've seen so far. Of course, Sinclair missing a penalty. There were a heap of records on the line. She missed, though. What did you make of that moment? And, well, the momentum shift, I guess, from there. Yeah, obviously a pivotal moment in the game. And would you believe Sinclair had the chance to become the oldest player to ever score at a World Cup? Also, sixth-time scorer as well at a World Cup. Uh, six consecutive World Cups. And you know what? You've got to give the credit to Endosi. Took the captain's armband as well positive performance and uh, you know again it summed it up the Nigerian performance absolutely and I can confirm she was the player of the match I did speak to her post-match and she was just raw with emotion she was so happy with the point and obviously saving the Sinclair penalty she called it one of the greatest moments <laughs> in her career and for good reason yeah of course and and, and you could see the delight from Nigerian players you know they're up against the Olympic champions getting a draw in the first game and bigger picture it opens this Bob and puts the Matillas in a quite good position and it's going to be interesting to follow the matches from here. Many were calling it one of the most difficult groups in the tournament and that results, well, it ensures exactly that. Still plenty of football to be played. The Canadian girls, I caught up with a couple of them post-match, they're still positive. They think that they've earned a point today against a very strong opponent, but of course plenty of football still to come in this tantalising group. There sure is Adriano Del Monte with our superstar pundit Thomas Sorensen there. And I know he'll have one key eye on that Denmark clash tomorrow. That is for sure. Can't wait to see what he thinks about that. All right, today, as we said, was a huge day. It was our ABC day, Group A, Group B, Group C. But we are going to head to the Philippines and Switzerland review now because Switzerland got the job done 2-0 over the Philippines, not without a little bit of drama in the box, as we see here. But uh, Switzerland, comfortable, comfortable winners. I think it was a comfortable win for them. I think, you know, the, the penalty here is the turning point in the game and Backman steps up and what a quality strike that was. It just shows her qualities and how good she's going to be in this in this tournament as well. And I think the Philippines just, you know, struggled after they, you know, copped that goal because, you know, their mentality, they had that goal disallowed out earlier and now when they put that second away, they just, yeah, they just sort of dropped off from there. Yeah, look, defending in those in those uh, in those circumstances or in those ways for the Philippines, I mean, you can only sort of resist for so long. It can only happen for so long because you need that patience to to keep it there. It was going to happen. I mean, the Swiss were were pretty much in control once the first goal went in. Then then I felt it opened up a little bit more. But you know, uh, there's a lot of positives out of Swiss, out of out of the Philippines too. Well, there's a lot of positives for Switzerland. They kept their first World Cup clean sheet. They ended a winless streak under their coach. 
Inka Grings uh, and Ramona Backman became their all-time leading goal scorer. Not good news for the Philippines though with not a shot on target. We are going to hear from the Philippines coach now. He'll be very, very familiar to our Aussie viewers, Alan Stachic. What exactly, like what was the play, like what was the penalty that led to that? Yeah, I don't know. You saw, did you not see it or did you see a replay? Sort of, yeah. But and what was it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see a replay. If you saw a replay, what was it? Um, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I mean... What was it on the replay? I don't know. Was it a penalty? I don't know. You're not sure? You're sure or you're not sure? I'm, I'm not really sure. You're not sure? Okay. So it wasn't clear? Okay. I don't know. I haven't seen a replay. I only saw the live event. Okay. If, it's not okay. clear, it's, if it's not clear, it's supposed to be clear and obvious. If it's a VAR decision. From my understanding, it's supposed to be clear and obvious error. To come to this level and, and play against players from Europe, and we know that Europe is the strongest region of women's football at this point in time and has been for the last three or four years. And, you know, they have some players who are playing in Arsenal and PSG and Barcelona, and we have four or five starting players who don't have a club. They haven't had a club for, you know, over a year. So for us to compete... Um, against a team like that is is miraculous, really. Um, you know, you, sh you, you saw true spirit, true heart, um, a team that never gave up, that were proud of their jersey, proud of the flag, proud of the people they represent. Um, and I think that's the most important thing, you know, to come to a World Cup for the first time in your history in men's or women's football and put on a performance like that and just show... Courage and heart is the first and most important thing. And, you know, obviously over time, I'm sure we'll get better and more experienced and develop our skill level to be able to beat teams like Switzerland. But I thought, you know, Switzerland were the better team, but they also had those fortunate moments, the penalty, which was a close call. Um, if that doesn't go in, maybe it's nil all at halftime and, and a different game. But, you know, there's no doubt they are the better team and they should be. But, um, you know, I was really proud of the spirit that our team showed. A very proud Alan Stachic there, but an interesting way to get your point across in an interview. Two players that have played under him here. What did you make of that? Well, that's classic Stach, if I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, yeah, literally, I was just, I was smiling. It was, it was quite awkward, but it, I was smiling because it's, it's so typically him. <laughs> it's so sad, you know. He knows exactly that that wasn't a penalty. He knows, you know, that this game inside out, he would have studied. He knows everything about the game. I know when I speak to him, he tells me things about things that happened 20 years ago and he knows the pinpoint time and stat behind it. So, you know, look, he, he said it in the interview himself. Switzerland, you know, they're the better team, that, you know, but the Philippines, I've watched them train. I've seen what hard work this team has put in. They've played over 30 matches in the last, you know, 14 months to, to prepare for this. And it was unfortunate for them. Sometimes, you know, for teams like the Philippines, you need a little bit of luck on your side. And unfortunately, tonight they didn't have that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to our Optus Sport post show and podcast. It is match day two of the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. I am joined by Catherine Canuli, Joe Montemuro, and Chloe Legazzo as we have a giggle at all the crazy things we talk about here at Optus Sport, including the size and height and weight of. Very important silverware, as you can see. All right, very important things coming up tomorrow on Match Day 3. One of those games is USA-Vietnam. We cannot wait for this one to see the USA in action. Our reigning champions, world number one. I just hope it is not as ruthless as their last game at the World Cup in 99. Uh, in, in 2019, you know what I'm talking about. Let's hope not. You know, I think, you know, we know what the uh, USA team's all about. They're, you know, they're so confident in their ability. And, you know, we know talking to them and knowing a lot of the players, Chloe, you would know, you know, majority of those girls playing with or against them as well. And, you know, when they come to a World Cup, they want to celebrate every single goal and they want to make sure that, you know, they just keep going, that do not take their foot off the pedal. Excited to see Haiti too, though, for the first time. Uh, Vietnam, my apologies. Yeah, Vietnam. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, again, I repeat these things. This is, this is what the World Cup's all about. It's about the, 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 the underdog, the, the team that's, uh, that's never been there or, or uh, you know, not expected to do anything. And that's, that's the exciting thing about this tournament. The hard thing about it is that you're coming into the tournament in your first games against the USA. <laughs> um, I know how difficult that is, but um, to go off the back of that, you know, they get it out of the way and then they can progress through the rounds. And as if you think of a group, you want to just get through the hardest one and then it feels like it's easy. After that, the first one's always the hardest. That is right, Chloe. Well, that match is taking place at Eden Park in New Zealand tomorrow. So a couple that are standing sideline for us over there in New Zealand. Narell Sindos, Paul Eiffel, you have a preview for us of this game. The USA will begin their quest for an historic three-peat tomorrow afternoon against the newcomers Vietnam at Eden Park in Auckland. And Paul, they'll be wanting to lay down a marker, won't they? Yeah, no, it's going to be a tough gig first up for Vietnam. Um, the US have looked strong in qualifying, you know, they always do. Um, some world-class players in that squad, so it's going to be very difficult, but I do think um, for the Vietnam you can get that one out of the way first and um, there's not much to lose. And that's what making a World Cup is all about, right? You want to come up against the best teams, maybe not the best team in the world, but it'll be a great experience for them, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them in action. Oh, look, if they can bring their A game, they can keep, keep the score down. I think that's what they're going to be aiming for. The US will be able to use this as a warm-up, I think, um, and if that is the case, you're going to see a few goals, but if Vietnam can keep the score down and come away with a bit of pride and confidence for the next one, I think that's what they'll be aiming for. Alex Morgan said during the week, getting to the top is hard, but staying there is even harder. How do they deal with the pressure and the expectations of such a massive nation like America? I think the preparation, and um, obviously they've been over here um, nice and early. I think they were over in January, um, and I think that'll make a difference because they, they understand it's the sort of Kiwi psyche and, and, and the Kiwi weather. Um, it would have been yeah. a bit warmer <laughs> then, um, but it's, it's certainly going to be... A well-prepared team coming here, and I think they're they're such a good side. They've been doing it for years, you know, year in year out, and world-class players playing at that sort of higher level. I think they're going to be too much for Vietnam. Do you think they'll rest a couple of players then? Um, I think they'll start with their best eleven, um, and I think it's a case of resting players as the game goes on. You know, if they start well and they're comfortably ahead at half-time, I think the coach will take his time then and work out what he needs for going into game two and game three. 
We are expecting 20,000 fans travelling from America to New Zealand. It's still crazy to me that these guys are playing in our backyard. Yeah, look, they're so well supported. And I think it's, it's, it's the games with the US that everybody wants to see. You know, I, I look, they were the first ones I looked for. When are they playing somebody decent? It wasn't the Vietnam game I was looking for. It was the, no it was the Netherlands game. But um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good matchup first up. Well, you unfortunately won't be making the trip back with me to Auckland. I'm sure you'll be watching on TV because you really can't miss the two-time defending champions in action. And we will find out how they go on their road to a three-peat when they kick off their campaign against Vietnam tomorrow. Looking forward to that one, as will their co-captain, Lindsay Horan. We'll hear from her now. Yes, uh, we're very happy with uh, with the team that we have, with the players that uh, that we have, and uh, the young players that we implemented uh, on the on this squad. Uh, I think that uh, uh, we uh, we have a very good mix of uh, young, uh, young, energetic, enthusiastic players and uh, experienced players uh, that have been uh, through uh, through tough games, that they've been in uh, big tournaments, and they know how to win uh, big tournaments. So, looking back now. I don't know if um, I would change uh, anything along the way, but uh, uh, I know that uh, the players that we have uh, are very good players and uh, ready to compete uh, on the big stage. We have a lot of new players, we have a lot of young players coming into this World Cup, but it's more just about making them as confident as possible in their abilities stepping into this World Cup. Uh, everyone is more than prepared, the staff has prepared us for every single moment in this World Cup and, and this first this first game and uh, the number one thing is go out there and enjoy it um, and rely on every bit of preparation that that we've done that's uh, my main goal going into this first game co-captain of the USA Lindsay Horan talking about preparation joined by her coach of Latko Andonovsky there ahead of their big match against Vietnam tomorrow also tomorrow Japan and Zambia, one of the teams I cannot wait to see out on the pitch, especially after their recent results. Zambia have had some crazy results when it comes to their lead-up, a 3-2 loss to Ireland, a 3-2 win over Germany and a 3-3 result against Switzerland. So plenty coming up for Zambia. And I said they're taking on Japan tomorrow. It's a, it's a clash of styles, but also our first chance to have a look at Zambia. Yeah, look, I'm really excited. Zambia are an up-and-coming team. They've been working and preparing for this very moment and they've been getting results. They're fast, they're strong. Um, and coming up against Japan, which is, which is so technical and tactical, um, I think they might be physically so much better than them, but are they going to be able to get the ball off of them? Two different styles. That's uh, that's uh, it's going to be a, a really exciting game. And, and Japan, like like Spain, love watching them. Their DNA is just they just want the ball. They just want to try to find solutions with the ball. But Zambia have this player called Babra Banda. She's uh, she's quick. She's strong, and uh, she could cause a bit of problem. Yeah, the player that scored the brace against number two side Germany, Zambia, ranked 77th. Japan, the top ranked. Asian nation heading into this and the top ranked Asian nation leaving the 2019's Women's World Cup too. The Japanese squad is such a technical squad, you know, they've got quality uh, across the park, but they are in a bit of a rebuilding stage as well. They do have a lot of young players that are starting to come through and, you know, what we know about Japan though, they love to, you know, keep possession of the ball and, you know, technically very, very good, but sometimes once they get into that final third, they struggle to put the ball in the back of the net. It is match day two. We are wrapping up all that has been going on. Plenty of goals, plenty of talking points, and if you have missed anything, you can catch it on our Optus Sport. 
Sport app. But right now in the studio, we've wrapped up all the games that have happened today and we are going to have a look at the games ahead. There they are on your screen. We start with the daily kickoff at 8 a.m. and then we move right into action mode. USA and Vietnam hitting the park at Eden Park in New Zealand, followed by Zambia and Japan. And then two crackers in the evening, England and Haiti and Denmark and China. My panel here, I'd love you to predict for me who's going to win and pick up the points tomorrow. Go on, go on, you go. USA, um, God, I've already forgotten. Um, Denmark, China. Denmark, China, Denmark, um, USA and... Zambia, I think, is going to be an upset. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Big call from Chloe. Yeah. What game are you most looking forward to watching? There's, there's two games there which uh, could go either way. Yeah. I, I even think the Denmark game could go either way. I mean, USA and, and England should get through okay. Uh, Japan, Zambia is probably the one yeah. I'd say is, is an interesting one. Yeah, I've got to agree with you, Joe. I think as well the Japan-Zambia one, seeing the two styles come together, you know, two different styles that are going to be playing against each other. So that's going to be a really interesting one. Yeah. And to see, you know, can they keep up with the, the greatest results that they've had at the moment. Yeah, plenty to look forward to on Match Day 3. Match Day 2 has also been a cracker that threw up a interesting result in Group B with a nil-nil draw between Nigeria and Canada. And then we saw Switzerland have a convincing win over the Philippines 2-0 and then Spain absolutely annihilate Costa Rica 3-0 although they did have a better second half. It's been a wonderful day here on Optusport and thanks for joining us, joining us on our podcast. Anything you missed you can catch on the app and join us again tomorrow morning at 8. We'll say thank you very much to our panellists and we'll see you guys later. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.